Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 309. Today, it's Friday, and I'm going to answer a question that's been asked many times over the last three months, especially over the summer, about how the Jews read through the Bible, how they read through the Torah, especially every year. And so I want to give a little background on that and help you to understand how important this really is. You see, we are in a generation that is non-religious, non-ritualistic. Now, let me tell you, there's some things about that that is good. But as with all things, if it is taken to extremes, it can be very bad and can be consequential in determining our walk with God. Because there's some things that we need to be religious and ritualistic and routine about. Number one, meeting God every day and meeting God several times through the day. Meeting God once a week in worship and praise with other of God's children and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Fellowship is important. Encouragement is important. And so these are things that we need to be ritualistic and routine about. See, there are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. We are all about community. We are all about fellowship. We are all about family because this is what God has saved us for. We only have really true fellowship in Jesus around the Word of God. So there ought to be fellowship around the Bible and Bible teaching. And as we read the Bible, it draws us together as we learn the same truths that others do. Now, let me give you some background of what is called the weekly Torah portion. And I'll get into that in more detail in just a moment as to why it's called that and so forth. But I want to give you the background as I have researched it over the years and learning more and more about the origins of this because like many things, many Jewish people do religiously a thing like a Torah portion reading. And they don't know the background as to why they do that, and even to the background of when they do that. And so let me give you some concepts that I have learned as I have researched, I've talked with the rabbis, as I have studied Jewish sources. From the best that I can understand, this started in the days of Ezra during the days of the Persian Empire. You see, God had told his people that they needed to walk with him, they needed to follow the Torah. They needed to follow the law of God, and he sent prophet after prophet, and he sent judge after judge earlier to try to keep the people walking in the way. Well, they warned uh, over and over again, these prophets and, and the judges and many others, that the moment they started going their own way, that they were on a slippery slope and that this leads to consequences with God. And God had warned the people, I've given you what I've given you on purpose for a good purpose. The observance of Shabbat was good for the children of Israel. That got them into uh, 
a habit of meeting God, understanding that he's the creator, passing that on down to their children, rehearsing the story of creation, rehearsing the call of Abraham, all of the things that are written in the Torah. As time went along, then you had uh, prophets that were raised up, men of God and and a few women of God that called the people to repentance and to walk with God. But that still was not enough. And so, as you know, in 722 B.C., the northern kingdom, which had split a couple hundred years earlier, was decimated. It was destroyed and scattered throughout the ancient world. Not lost, but certainly they were scattered. And many fled to Judah and then were taken away a couple hundred years later when the Babylonians, the Neo-Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar, came in and took the people away. And God had prophesied that they were going to be in captivity for 70 years, and then God would bring them back into the land. God did exactly what he said he would do. He used the man, Cyrus, that he had predicted 200 years earlier that would be doing what he did. And indeed, he set the people free and told them to go back and rebuild the temple. And so the second temple was rebuilt. And you know the story. It's recorded in the historical data in the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material and all also in the book of Ezra. So let's go to Ezra and talk about Ezra. You see, Ezra came along after the people had been back in the land. They had already built the second temple, but not a lot was going on spiritually. And Ezra sought the Lord. And the Bible says that he's in his mind, in his heart, he set his heart to study the word of God and teach it to the people. And that's exactly what he did. Well, when you teach the people, you have to have some kind of structure in your teaching. And that's exactly what Ezra did. He said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read through the Torah, the law of God, every year. And we're going to set aside a portion that we're going to read every week. He and the men of the great assembly that he formed, they set out what is now called the Torah portion, the parsha, the parasha. You might hear it both ways. But what that means is the sectioning or the division of the Torah and later of the prophets and the writings. But it started out with the Torah. And what they did is they set aside a portion. They agreed that according to the word of God, that after three days, the people were hungry and they were thirsty. They wanted water. Well, water is a symbol of the Torah in the Torah itself and throughout the word of God. And so the scribes, which Ezra was, and the priest, which Ezra was, They gleaned from that that the children of Israel should not go three days before they read the Torah. And so not a week, but three days, because that's when they wanted water in the wilderness. And they took from that a cue from God that they needed Torah, just like they need water every three days. So they would read the Bible. They would read a portion of the Bible on Shabbat. Then they would read on Monday, what we call a Monday, or the second day, they would read the portion again. Then they would have a Torah reading on Thursday, which was three days later, and then it would be Shabbat again. So they divided up the entire Torah so they would read through the Torah in a year, and the major teachings would be stressed. And so this became known as the Torah portion in English, the Parsha or 
parasha, which means the division or sectioning. That's how we would translate it. And that was the goal was to section out the Bible. See, we can't learn it all at one time. And so this is why I teach like I do is just right out of the Bible. We have to section it up. We have to divide it up. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. So we've got to learn to section these things off. And what I'm learning more and more and more as I begin to write material is that you have to section it off for people. And I have been reminded of that even this week. And so I am learning as I go along as well. And so this is what they did. They sectioned off the Torah so they could read through it. It's like daily Bible readings that'll get you through the entire Bible or the Old Testament in a year. There's a lot of different ways to do that. You can divide it up in a lot of different ways. But this was a serial division that all of the children of Israel read the same portion at the same time, and that has continued on now for 2,500 years. And so even during the days of Jesus, there was a Torah portion that would be read. Later, the prophets and the writings, the uh, Ketuvim and the Nebim, were incorporated into these readings because there were times when the Torah was not allowed to be read, but that didn't mean that the prophets and the writings could not be read. And as you know, much of the prophets is a commentary on the Torah. Much of the writings are a commentary on the Torah and flesh that out, much like the Gospels and the Epistles, where the Epistles explain the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus and what that means, especially in Paul's writings. This is how this worked. When they could not read the Torah, they would go to the prophet or the place in the writings that dealt with that particular section of the Torah, and they would read it. For instance, Isaiah chapter 61 is a reference to the year of Jubilee in Leviticus chapter 25. Now, it nowhere says that in particular, but it is an explanatory note on that. I could go on and on. There's many of these. And so this is exactly what happened. This was called the Haftorah. Now, the Haftorah means a finish or an ending. In other words, both were read, but they corresponded with each other. They complemented each other. One explained the other. And so this became known as the Torah portion. And this was what Jesus was reading in the synagogue in Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. He was reading the Torah portion, specifically the Haftorah of Isaiah 61, which was a reference to the acceptable year of the Lord, which is a reference to Jubilee. And Jesus said, this day, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Yeshua, the Messiah, is here. Understand that when Jesus read that, he was reading what was already assigned for that day. Now, this ought to give us great comfort because God had laid out 400 years plus the day that Jesus would be reading, the time he would be reading, the passage he would be reading. God knew that ahead of time and worked it all out that Messiah was right in his own hometown, just on time where he needed to be. Now, this ought to be a comfort to us. Now, that doesn't mean that Messiah always shows up when we think he ought to. Ask Martha about that. After Lazarus had died, she said, Lord Jesus, if you had been here, Lord, he wouldn't have died. I mean, basically, it's your fault that you didn't show up. You remember what Jesus said, I have a higher purpose. You see, we don't always see his purpose. But he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and we're still talking about that. If Jesus had shown up and healed Lazarus, then, well, yeah, he healed a lot of people. Lazarus would just been another 
the one that he healed, but he didn't. He raised him from the dead. And Lazarus became a source of a witness, so much so that the Bible says they didn't just come to Bethany to see Jesus. They came to see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Now, this is amazing that God is this much in control, but he is. But we, we don't like that. We want to know, well, how are you doing that? Well, all to say, I'm answering the question about Torah portion, and, and each Torah portion has a name. For instance, starting this year, September the 4th, uh, that week that uh, we just passed, it is uh, You Are Standing in English. Nitzvabim is the Hebrew reading, but the Torah portion is Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 10 through 30 and verse 20. That's the Torah portion. That's what they read. And then in the Haftorah, in the Prophets, then it is Isaiah 61.10 through 63.9. There are now Messianic congregations who have a Torah portion, and they have a portion in the Berit Hadashah, in what we call the New Covenant, the New Testament. For this week, it would be Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. And I have a calendar now that I've sent out to our supporters. If you've not gotten one, please, please email me at drcrisp at tonycrisp.org. If you have supported us throughout the year, you've prayed for us, and uh, you've given any size gift, then we will send one of these to you. And if we did not do that, then there's been a mess up somewhere because we try to faithfully get these out each year. But it's a 16-month calendar. It has all the Hebrew blessings. It has the Shabbat and holiday Torah portions with the Haftorah, and a suggested New Testament, Barit Hadashah, readings as well. We have all of the feasts, what they mean to the Jew, what they mean to the followers of Jesus, on and on. But it's a beautiful, beautiful calendar, has all the holidays and so forth. And I'm not trying to get you to do something. I'm just telling you that you can pick up Torah portion readings in a lot of different places, and you need to do that. And I read the Torah portions on a weekly basis. I know that's what my Jewish friends are doing. And it helps me to understand what they're going through. Many times I'll read rabbinical sources on what they said about this portion because it gives me light many times in reading the Talmud, the Mishnah and the Gomorrah, as to what Jesus was dealing with when he came to earth and walked 2,000 years ago. And so you say, well, how do you have time to do that? Well, I make time in the sense of I have to schedule it just like I do everything else. Just like you schedule everything that's important to you, I try to schedule everything that's important to me. And study the Word of God and how I can know God better and how I can know more about Him. You see, I love Him. And whomever you love, you want to know more about. And you want to know everything about them so that you can know how to please them, so that you can know how to serve them. And that's what we do. And see, we never get too knowledgeable that we cannot read the Word of God. And the greatest portion of the Word of God is what we call the Old Testament. Yes, it's the only Bible that Jesus had. It's the only Bible that John the Baptist had, that Peter had, that John had, that the Apostle Paul had. And they turned the world upside down. And I would say they knew quite a bit and did pretty well with the knowledge they had. And we have an even more than that. So we can read both Old and New Testament. We can read the Tanakh and we can read the Berit Hadashah, the New Covenant, because we have the blessing of doing that. And so I want to encourage you to read the Word of God systematically, 
section it up. If you need help with sectioning, then you go to TonyCrisp.org. You download the Crimson River, and I divide the entire Old Testament into 10 time periods. 10 is a whole lot easier to learn as far as a number than 40, and that's almost what is in as far as books, the Old Testament. There are 39 books in the Old Testament. What I do is I cut that down 75% down to 10 time periods. You can learn those time periods. I'd love to teach them to you, and we're going to be recording all of this in Bible Time Classroom. As we do this, then you can get these and you can listen on 30-minute segments where you can learn the Word of God right there in your own home or in a small group. You pray for me and ask God to help me. If you have support, you'd like to support a project. This is taking tens of thousands of dollars to produce this and to produce it professionally and to do it well and to produce the materials that go along with it. But I want to encourage you to section off some time, first of all, then section off the Word of God. Read the Torah portions with the Jewish people. Read the Torah portions with Tony Crisp. And then there will come a time when we will begin to give commentary on those on these podcasts and remember to pray for the five minute on the way that's scheduled in September to start being broadcast on at least 24 radio stations across America. Ask God to make that fruitful. I pray that this has been helpful to you and answers uh, the questions that many of you have asked. And I told you I would tell you on a podcast. Here it is. As you walk on the way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.